The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. Have you heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah, you have? Okay, can you name them for me? Anybody? Just give me one. Oh, well, love. That's the easy one. All right, give me a hard one. There, oh, that's really hard. That's really, really hard. Hey, I'm glad that it was two young men that said that. Titus says, young man, be self-controlled. Right? That's excellent. And, and something else? Gentleness. Joy. Patience. Peace. Kindness. Goodness. There it is. And there is this last one, faithfulness, right? So I think we got them all. And uh, those are the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, you find those in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. I think we're all pretty familiar with those. Against such there is no law. All right? But in our passage today, and honestly, this is a passage you wouldn't preach unless you were just preaching through the Bible. Okay? So, I mean, just as like, you read this and you're just like, really? I mean, this is just filler. Like, I don't know really, you know. But, but there's a really good message for us here. And we would have never got it if we weren't going verse by verse, through Acts, right, to see the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us. So Acts chapter 4, we're going to see three not-so-common fruit of the Spirit in this passage, and, uh, but they are fruit of the Spirit. You know, in Galatians, that's not like a complete list. That's not like, just like before that isn't a complete list of sins. There's more sins than that, all right? And so uh, this isn't a complete list of the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to see three more in our passage today. Let's just read it together, eh? How about that? All right, I'll read you, follow. What verse did we leave off on? 32. All right, good. 32, that's right. Okay, because you would never start here if, if you weren't just preaching through the Bible. All right, good. So I just forgot. Okay, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. So I just got to say this. The full number is, we don't know the number. <laughs> all right, it's just everybody, all right? So the full number, uh, it was 3,000, then it was 5,000, then it was like we lost cra- track. It's just a lot of people, all right? It's the full number, and uh, they, had, they were one. They were one. That word one there is pretty interesting. Just flip back over to chapter uh, 2. Look at chapter 2, and look at verse... 42. They were one. They were one because they were devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, that's doctrine, to the fellowship, that's community, to the breaking of bread, okay, and the prayers, to worshiping, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. You're going to hear that same phrase in our text. Because remember what I told you a couple weeks ago. He's taking this small section, and he's going to open it up now over several weeks. And we're in the week where I would just call it he's opening up the fellowship a little bit. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. He's going to widen that out in our passage. You're going to see a little bit further clarity. As any had need. And day by day, attending the temple, 
together and breaking the bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They had joy. It was smooth. They were in the groove. Praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. First 3,000, then 5,000, then back to our passage, the full number. Okay? I don't know how many. I can't tell you how many. I just know it was everybody that was saved. Everybody that believed. So let's just read it here. Verse 32. And the full number of those who believed were one. They were of one heart and one soul. And no one. How many people? I mean, absolutely no one. Wow. (laughs) Said that any of the things that belong to him. Maybe just get your hand on your wallet or your purse. No one said that any of the things that belonged to him, who'd they belong to? They belong to him. They belong, this belongs to me, but I'm just stewarding it for the Lord, right? So I just got my hand on my wallet reading this verse going, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. I'm not an owner, I'm a manager. I'm managing it. But they had everything in common, same phrase, and with great power, The apostles were giving, that's a great word, underline that, giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace, so we have great power, now we have great grace, was upon them all. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 talk about giving, and it talks about when you give, you reap what you sow, and you'll get grace if you're generous. It's interesting, you should go read it later. And with great grace was upon them all, and there was not a needy person among them. Wow! That's crazy. Does anybody have needs in our body? I'm sure they do. Really, though? So that's just a tough question. I've been asking myself that one all week. Am I really needy? Maybe I'm just needy. I have no needs, right? I don't know. Wow. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners, so they did own it, but they were just managing it, we know that, of lands and houses sold them, and they brought the proceeds of what was sold, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. You're going to see that phrase three times. It's very important. They laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Who was it distributed by? The apostles, right? Because it's at their feet. So it's interesting, the leaders of this movement, the apostles, I've already been really clear with you, I'm not an apostle, right? I'm not in the 120 category or the 12 category, I'm in the 3,000 category, right? So I'm not expecting to superimpose this on you that you need to lay your money at my feet. That's not really what we're talking about, okay? Let's just be clear, all right? It was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was called by the apostles Barnabas, in parentheses, which means son of encouragement. That's really good, really good. A Levite, just for your information, not really profitable to the message, so I'll get it out of the way now, is Levites weren't supposed to own property. You can see that in Numbers. You can see that in Deuteronomy. They, they just weren't supposed to own property. So why does he have property? Well, not everybody's living for the Lord all the time, right? So the culture was such that maybe that wasn't a big deal, And also, they weren't supposed to own property in Jerusalem or in God's country, right? But he was from, what does it say? Cyprus. So maybe he had land in Cyprus, which wouldn't have been against the Bible. So whatever it is, it is just kind of FYI. 
he's a Levite, a native of Cyprus, it's an island off the coast there, sold the field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. All right, and then chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. But a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property and with his wife's knowledge, kept, he kept back for himself. Well, was he going to share it with his wife? What a numbskull. <laughs> some of the proceeds, it's just, that's what it says. And some of the, what a, what a jerk. Anyway, so, honey, if I keep back money, we're going to get it together, right? Okay. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. All right. Some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and he laid it at the apostles' feet. So what did he do? He's playing, he's playing the fool. <laughs> like, I'm going to do what everybody else is doing it. You know, I'm laying at the possibility. He's trying to look good. He's trying to look good. And sometimes we do that, eh? You try to look good? Look, I came to church today. Look, I put on my blue shirt. It's sweet. You know, like, try to look good. Matters not how we look on the outside. Matters how we are on the inside. But Peter said, who knows because he's an apostle and signs and wonders are happening. Ananias, Why? My question is why? What has caused you to think this way? What sin have we brought in here today that would keep our minds from thinking clearly about the Word of God? Just start thinking about that. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? What's going on, bro? While it remained unsold... When you had the deed in hand, did it not remain your own? What's the answer? It's a rhetorical question. Yes, it did. Okay? <laughs> didn't it remain your own? Yes. And after it was sold, all right, now you didn't have the deed, now you had the cash. Was it not at your disposal? Yeah, it was. It was my money. Now, we know it's God's money, but he gave it to us to steward. So it, in that since Ananias has the money in hand, it's his. Why is it? Why is it that you've contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man. You're not lying to me, Peter says. You're lying to God. You're not lying. You have not lied to man, but to God. Ooh, be careful with that. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. Yeah, well, don't go near Peter, right? Young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. I mean, if that happened today, I'm going to jail for murder. I mean, just, I mean, they'd have like some, what is that? What is that show? Like they'd have some like forensic show in here and they'd just be like, you, we know you did it. How did you do it? I'm like, I did just ask the question, why? That's all I asked. And he fell over dead. Do an autopsy, I don't know. And after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Good thing. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. He tested her. And she said, yes, for so much. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband, 
That must have been a shock to her. Maybe that's why she fell over dead. Are at the door and they will carry you out. This is some power here. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. This isn't Peter. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead. And they were like, again? Really? Like, we're tired. Three hours ago, right? And they carried her out. Sorry, just some humor. And they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear. So we had great power and we had great grace. And now we see great fear came upon the whole church. First time the word church is used in Acts. The church and upon all who heard these things. So not just the believers, but the unbelievers were like, step back. This is crazy. Fruit. Fruit is evidence of salvation. The fruit of the Spirit, when you see it in your life, you're like, yeah, I'm saved. <laughs> I'm living for the Lord. And when you don't see it, you get nervous, right? Great fear comes upon me, and I'm like, I know I say I'm a Christian, but I'm not acting like it right now. What's wrong with me? I need to repent. And uh, it doesn't always happen that easy. Sometimes it takes something to get our attention. And in this passage, it took something pretty harsh to get their attention. But everybody's attention is fully engaged now, isn't it? When somebody dies. It's pretty heavy. But there's some principles here that I think are really helpful. And so let's just break down three fruit of the Holy Spirit. Here's the first one in verses 32 and 33. Unity. Unity is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Unity. They had unity around the doctrine. They had unity around the community, the fellowship. They had unity around the worship that they were doing. Uh, Their lives were together. They were one, it says. They were devoted And they had all things in common. So I'm just thinking who I could pick on here. All right, Bethany, we'll pick on you. All right, you're in the message, right? Ready? You and me. All right. Where'd you grow up, Bethany? Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I grew up in Rochester, Minnesota. Sorry, we don't have that in common. Um, what, what's your favorite food? Raspberries? I like pizza. Sorry. And ice cream. We don't have... You look the way you do for a reason. I look the way I do for a reason. All right, great. And uh, uh, sorry, we don't have that in common. Uh, do you like football? Uh, what's your favorite team, at least? I don't like football. Packers? Oh. Everybody's like, yeah. We're on a bye week, man. We're like 5-0. and oh. Can I say that in church? Anyway, whatever. So Packers. It's like the only year I'll ever be able to say this, but we don't have that in common either. Um, yeah, maybe you should be talking with her. You have more in common with her, Mike, for sure. All right, so uh, the point is, what's the most important thing to you? God. Jesus, right? So we have that in common, and thus we have everything in common. And that's the point. The point is not that they had everything in common. The point is that the one thing that mattered most, right? It's when Jesus matters most that we have unity. That's when we have unity. When everything else matters more than Jesus, disunity abounds. But when Jesus matters most, we have that fruit of the Spirit called unity, and it is 
tremendous when we're focused on Jesus, when we're uh, saying, look at verse 33, when, uh, look at what they're doing. With great power, unity uh, comes power. The apostles were giving their testimony. That's just so interesting. They were giving their testimony. We've been working on this thing called a testimony, right? With the pulpit curriculum. You guys all got that? Did you get that in your bulletin? You did? Oh, we don't do that every week, do we? Normally you have to go online and get it. You can get it online or you can go to the walk table, okay, every week and it's out there. And, uh, but we put it in your bulletin. Why? Because I was going to reference it. That's why. So, so it's right there in front of you and there's th- these questions we've been asking, right? Who were you before you met Jesus Christ? That's part of my testimony. When did we meet Jesus Christ? That's part of my testimony. I, I met him. January 15th, 1992. For the first time, heard the gospel and it was like for me, not for everybody else because I was a self-righteous person, right? A church kid that grew up, you know. And then this week we're working on who are you now? Because your story, your testimony isn't just powerful because one day you said a prayer and accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's powerful because you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and he keeps on growing you, right? What happened this last week because you were bold? What happened the week before that because you were contagious? What happens in our life is our testimony. And it makes us alive and powerful. And so we're working on this. Right, church? We're committed to this. This is one of our 10-year visions, right? That everybody would write their testimony out, that they'd be able to share their testimony. This is what God's done in my life. This is why I'm in the church. This is why we're unified, because I have a story, and it centers around Jesus Christ. I was, uh, Wednesday night, I happened to leave the elder meeting just a little early to pick up my kids at students, and uh, I had the chance to hear these guys practicing their testimony. I walked in, and teen after teen after teen up there saying, I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see. And uh, it was so fun to hear them get up in front of their peers and say, but by the grace of God, I was a sinner, but God's grace changes everything. (laughs) It changes everything. Jesus changes everything. He's the commonality. And so I pray that you will do your story, and I pray that you will Uh, be impacted by that. And I pray that others will be impacted by your testimony too. You see there that many people were impacted by the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus. It was all centered around Jesus and great grace was upon them all. This is probably the best way I can illustrate this. So look at this illustration up here. This is called the relational triangle. We use this in uh, premarital counseling. We use this in any kind of counseling. We use this in life. Uh, This is a relational triangle. You have relationships. Number one relationship you have is God right? Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, right? But you also have relationships, you know, there's, in, in relationships, there's you and there's me, right? And when you are headed towards God and I am headed towards God, what are we? Closer together, more unified than ever before. When we're focused on God together, when I'm focused, when you're focused, then we don't have a lot of differences, But when one of us is going sideways, which happens to time to time, right? Then we're not unified. And a lot of times that's because we've grieved grieved the Holy Spirit. We've quenched the Holy Spirit. There's some sin in our life that we're not willing to confess or, you know, move past. And uh, 
And that's difficult. I would just say if you have a sin like that, we're praying right now, right, believers? We're praying. And, and for, for anybody that has a sin like that right now, that they would come back. And uh, if, if you're in that situation, you know it. You might not know it, right? But if you're in that situation, you know it, then pray. Pray that God will bring you back, right? I thought we might just close this point with this. <laughs> I think this is the greatest application to it, right? Is all of us singing together, right? Because then when we're all singing together and looking towards Christ, we're like, we're unified. So let's sing this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Things of earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace. That's it. That's unity. And let's practice that every day this week. Maybe just need to sing that to yourself again this week. Maybe some circumstance will come up and you'll just be like, you know what? I got to sing that. I'm turning my eyes on Jesus again. See his Holy Spirit work in great power through unity. The second thing, generosity. Generosity is a fruit of the Spirit. And generosity, nobody really wants to talk about generosity. They just want to be generous, right? And uh, we all think we're generous because we're Americans, and we have a lot, right? Um, but generosity is a real big deal. And uh, I just said this, generosity, when others matter more than me. <laughs> Does anybody else matter more than me? Really? I mean, seriously, in my own mind. I mean, that's the struggle of, of life, is the pride in me. I matter most. <laughs> and I think we got to repent of that. And we just got to be like, you know what? Jesus is first, but others second, right? Put others second. You before me. You before me. That's generosity. Just look at it here. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands and houses sold them and uh, brought... Uh, the proceeds of what they sold and laid it at his apostles' feet. No, just, just this, okay? Like, I'm not saying, and the Bible's not saying, that y'all have to go sell your house today and go bring it to the leaders of the church. Because that's going to be a bad plan because then we're all going to have to dole out back to you a place to stay, right? Because that's going to be a need. So that just doesn't really work out. And when people get kind of weird like that and this communal living and all that is like, just really, like, I mean, honestly, we might have to live together. As things get worse, yeah, and persecution arises, hey, we might have to actually do some of the things that they're doing. And if we need to, we will, right? Because we love each other and we're willing to lay down us for the good, you know. But it, it, let's not get confused with that. And uh, I think that's just really important. How did that happen? How did it happen that there wasn't a needy person among them? 
Well, just look back at verse 33. The apostles were giving their testimony. They gave what they had. What they had was a life for Christ. Here's what I have. I'm going to live for Christ. That's all I have. Why? Because they left their fishing business. Right? They left it all behind. They're like walking by faith. When they had to pay the tax, Jesus said, go to the lake and get the fish and get the coin out, right? And, and that's how they, it was just like day by day. And this is how they're walking. So they're walking, living simply for the mission and great grace. So there's this other point that I think you need to see here. They laid it at the apostles' feet. So no, I've been clear. I'm not an apostle. You shouldn't lay it at my feet for that reason. But the apostles and prophets are foundational for the church. We're all agreed on that. That's uh, Ephesians 2. And then Ephesians 4 says that there's apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds, teachers for the building up of the church, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, right? So the principle of tithing, the principle of giving to the church still remains as something that we should do, okay, as believers in Jesus Christ. So just want to get that clear, okay? So, so to be clear, what we're not talking about is, I'm an apostle, what we're not talking about here even in the passage is tithing. You go, we're not talking about tithing? No, we're not talking about tithing. We're talking about generosity, okay? Tithing in this passage, okay, you're going, how are they tithing in this passage? They were going to the temple. They were still, all believers would have been like, hey, I'm still a good Jew. I'm going to be tithing to the temple. Here I am. Here I am. I'm giving to the priests. I'm giving to the temple. Um, They were doing their 10%, so to speak. But this was generosity above that, right? So this was a free will offering. It was voluntary giving. It was not required. So we're talking about meeting needs in love. And this week we had a couple opportunities to do that. We had Haiti Initiative, right, to the church. We can give to churches in Haiti, Harvest Bible Chapels. And, and here's the key thing. You lay it at the apostles' feet. So you're, you're, you're laying it at our feet, right? You're giving it on Secure Give, and it's coming into our bank account. And we, right, don't, as a pastor, I don't know what you give. Never will. That's great. Okay, I don't want to see dollar signs above you when I'm preaching, okay? I, I, I don't know what you're giving, and I don't care, Right? All I care about is that you're progressing in your generosity, right? That's all I care about, is that you're growing closer in your relationship with Christ, and he's getting more and more of you, including your time, talents, and treasure, more and more of everything, right? That more of it's his and less of it's yours. That's what we're really going for, okay? So, so we had this opportunity in Haiti. So you give it to us, then what are we going to do? So then we... Are, we're, we're writing a check. We're shipping it off to Harvest Peoria. Like, I can't explain this to you every time, but I'll just explain this situation to you. We're shipping it off to Harvest Peoria because Harvest Peoria is the sending church of the three plus, I don't know how many we have in Haiti now. I think it's more than three, but it's at least three uh, churches that are, uh, that are in Haiti. So they're going to be the ones doling out the money. They're, they have already written a huge check and all this stuff is on the ground. And uh, so we're just... Uh, filling in, so to, speak, so to speak. What a great opportunity for us, huh? Thursday, I had an ch- opportunity to go to the Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge uh, Gala. What a great thing to see people's lives change. I mean, addiction, 
Not anymore. Now I'm addicted to Jesus, right? Now I'm delighting in Jesus. And it's like, it's so cool to see the transformation in these people's lives. And I'm there and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm just, can, can your pastor be honest with you in church? I'm thinking all my money goes to the local church, man. Like I am diehard, man. We're going to make disciples. We're going to plant churches. All my money's going to the local church. I'm like diehard, right? And I'm like, all of a sudden in the middle of this, it just comes over me like, you need to give some money. And I'm like, no, no, God, I am all about the local church, man. I am all about the local church. I am not giving money to anybody but the local church. Making disciples, we're doing the local church thing. And, and God's just like, again, you need to give some money. And I'm like, Ugh. So I look at my wife and I'm like, all right, baby, should we give some money? And we're trying to buy a house right now. We're like, just bad timing. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll follow your lead on this one. It's like, she never says that. She's always like, I'm like, this is a bad plan. I'm the guy that wants to give hundreds. You're usually the person that wants to be conservative. So like, this is not a good plan. Do not give me green light on this, right? So like, she's like, yeah, I'll follow your lead on it. Let's go. I mean, it was powerful to hear the testimonies of people. Great grace, right? And uh, so we wrote a check. It doesn't matter. And uh, so, you know, but you know, the cool thing for me, every one of our elders at the table wrote a check. I was so blessed by that. I was like, that's what it's about. It's about generosity. And I wasn't thinking in my spirit, man, why are these elders writing checks to people, not our church? I was like, let's write checks. Let's be generous. Let's, let's, let's support this ministry. It is doing great things for God, you know? And uh, there's a lot of ministries like that. For one, uh, well, this principle, hey, maybe I should just say this quick, Galatians 6.10. Galatians 6.10. So then, as we have opportunity, when you get an opportunity, you do what with it? Well, you discern and you take it, right? That's what we did. Let us do good to everyone. So we should do that in the whole world. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. Especially to Christians, right? So Christians first, Everybody else, second. That's the order it says, especially to the household of faith, all right? So we're trying to resource you. So you got this in your bulletin too, okay? So we're trying to resource you. This is how to give at our church. You can give this way, all right? But, but you can be the hands and feet of Jesus in a lot of different ways. But this is why to give. This is the more important size. When you get the why down, then you can turn to the how and get on that, all right? But get the why first. Why do you give? God owns it all. It's all his. So when I'm hoping that he's getting your kung fu grip off of your stuff and you're holding it like this now and he's just going to steward it however he sees fit, all right? Giving is an act of worship from a grateful heart. When you've been saved, when you're telling your testimony of what Jesus Christ has done in you, when you're giving your testimony, you're willing to give much more. You're willing to give your very life, right? And uh, we're grateful that God's done so much for us. What, what, what could we possibly do to repay him? Nothing. So we just are grateful and gracious and give. And then giving reflects faith in God as a provider. You know, whatever amount I gave, it doesn't really matter. I believe God can give that back to me. I don't think I'm going to be hurting for money. I really don't. I don't regret giving that check. I, not at all. Matter of fact, I think God's going to multiply that money. That was the best decision I made all week to obey God, right? And I just think, you know, you just got to think about it that way because we have faith in him to provide. And then giving begins with tithing. 
So generosity is like something you can't even get to, right? You're not even on the highway of generosity if you don't like take the on-ramp of tithing, right? And so, you know, just a good reminder to our members, right? We signed a commitment. We, we want to tithe and, and all that good stuff. And uh, for those of you that aren't members, I mean, you could become a member. That'd be great. But you could also give to the church. It's, that's, that's a good thing too, um, especially the household of faith. But not just to the household of faith. Did you get that in the verse too? Like, let's just not make it about the church, because sometimes that's what I do. I'm like, the church, the church, the church, the church is Christ's bride. We love the church, 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 church. And then this fall, our world is falling apart. I got invited to some racial diversity anger management council. I don't know what this was, where, you know, all these police officers are getting shot, and they're shooting uh, people uh, they're not even African-Americans. They want to be called blacks. I mean, they're, they're, they're black people, right? And, uh, and it's, it's just weird. So I'm there, and I'm in, and I'm, in, I'm in the room, and I'm thinking, what can I do? What can we do as a church? How can, and I'm, I'm hearing the, the, you know, police chief up there, and he's saying these things, and I'm like, he's like, we're asking questions. He's like, it's not really that our officers are scared to go do their job. They're used to going and doing their job. Now the families are really scared, right? The families that were kind of used to it now aren't used to it anymore. And they're like, oh, are you coming back tonight? And I'm like, who wants to live in that kind of fear? There's nobody that wants to live in that kind of fear. I started to think about it. And I started to, like, God started stirring my heart. And I was like, we need to do something that's going to let those people know. I don't know if they're believers or not. I don't know if they have needs or not, Right? I'm sure they don't need our money, but what they need is our love and support. What they need is our, our, you know, hey, you're doing it, well done, and we're thinking about you and we're praying for you, right? That's what they need. They need to know that somebody feels that way. And the church, the church is supposed to be the people that are doing that. And so I'm praying. We've started this initiative just today. This is the first time you're hearing about it, right? And uh, I didn't even know the the name was, uh, what is that? Operation Police Compassion? Wow, that's hard to say. How about just Operation Compassion? And it'll be for the police, because we'll do it again, all right? So, so, we're, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to bless the police officers, okay? So here's the plan, real quick. We're going to put together these gift baskets. It's Thanksgiving time. Usually around this time, we do some kind of initiative. Last time we did uh, uh, the Caribbean Compassion Initiative, we did 92 bins, right? So we're going to try to put together these baskets, Okay? And we're going to ask local businesses and everybody, if you know a local business that wants to support this, great. We're going to ask, we're just going to be the catalyst. We're not looking for glory. We're not trying to, this is just an idea God gave us. We're just going to try to be a catalyst to this whole community coming around, gathering around. Would you be the facilitator, right? Would just be the steward and, and trying to say to the police officers and Old Olmstead County Sheriffs, if we can, um, hey, we love you. Thanks for doing your job. We're going to have cards that you can hand to a police officer. Say, thank you for doing what you do. Look them in the eye and say, thank you. Thank you for protecting us, right? We're going to do all this stuff to try to equip you over the next month, all right? And we're going to ask you to give sacrificially, okay? Lovingly, graciously, generously, because we want to make a, a big impact in their life for the kingdom. We want their, them to go, what just happened? We want them to be like, why? And who would do that? And what's going on? Well, something different's going on at our church. We love you. And we want you to know that we're submitting to your authority 
and, and we want to be under your authority, and we're grateful for you. Please do your job well, right? That too, right? But we're grateful to you. And uh, I think that's, that's a good thing for us to do. Let's do that, all right? So here's the app of this point. Start with tithing. Start with tithing. Start with the 10%, okay? If you don't know anything about that or if you're like, man, that seems like a lot, uh, just go listen online. We've done lots of biblical teaching on this. January 1st of this year, I did a message on this. Very clear from Scripture what it is. And, uh, and then move on to generosity, okay? Let's just blow right past tithing. That's, that's the easy stuff, okay? You're like, whatever, all right? And let's just go right on past that to generosity where it's like, hey, it's all God's anyway. God, what do you want today? What do you want, Right? I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of your own needs. If you're giving money away that you need to pay your bills, that's not smart, right? You could decrease your bills. You could, you could live a little different, but don't, don't, like, don't be doing that. Then, then you're going to be needy, right? We're not trying to get you needy, right? Dependent on God, yes. Not needy, okay? Just to be clear. All right, so let's be generous. All right, this last thing really quick. I got to be done. Um, honesty. Honesty. Honesty is a fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, and I got to tell you, uh, it's when integrity matters more to me. Does integrity matter to you? And we've already read the passage, Ananias and Sapphira. It's all here. Um, this is really crazy. Uh, you got to know the context a little bit. Like Barnabas, well, that's not really his name. Joseph, right? who's now being called Barnabas, it's his nickname, it means son of encouragement, which is what we want to do for the police officers, right? We all want to be called son of encouragement, church of encouragement. That's what we're looking for, right? But are we really looking for the nickname? No, 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 we're not, right? So if that happens, great. If not, don't care. We're just looking to do what God's told us to do, right? So, but, but these people, Ananias and Sapphira, were like, oh, that's a good nickname. I wonder if I gave some stuff, if I could get a cool nickname. And so, I'm going to sell a property and I'm going to lay it at the apostles' feet and I want to see what result that comes out of that. But I'm going to sell the property. I have some things. I have a gun I want to buy. Here's a gun, okay? You know, uh, they didn't have guns then. All right. um, Here's some, I don't know what, here's a vase I want to buy. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Like, whatever he wanted, whatever his deal was, whatever thing he had to have, right? He had to have it. And he's like, I'm keeping some, but I'm going to look like everything's cool. Everything's on the up and up. I'm giving it all. Here it is. I want to be just like Barnabas. You going to give me a nickname? What's my nickname? And uh, that didn't work out so well. Because there was no integrity. It says in there, why have you lied Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Do you know this? You can't lie to God. This word filled means the idea of controlled or influenced. We want to be controlled and influenced by the Holy Spirit, not Satan, right? And we don't want to be controlled and influenced by self or Satan. We want to be controlled by the Spirit. And then you see later, he says uh, to Sapphira, uh, how is it that together you test the Spirit of God? To test is to see how much I can get away with before God judges me. How far can I take this thing? How far can I stretch the loving, patient kindness of the Lord before he says, boom! And that's what we're all doing. 
We're all like pushing the envelope as far as we can push it. How far can I take my sin? How far can I go and still be saved? How far can I go? I, I, I don't want to test the Holy Spirit like that, all right? And I don't think any of us do. But if you find yourself in that spot where you're like, man, I think I'm doing that. Well, today's a good day to repent, hey? I think that should just be our application for this point. Like, I think you should just take a really solid look at your own life and be honest with yourself. And you know what? If you can't figure it out because you got the blinders on, sometimes we got the blinders on, right? You just turn to your wife and be like, honey, how am I doing? You know? Here's a verse for you. Uh, Galatians 6. I was off. God wanted us in Galatians 6 today. Maybe you should read that this week. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We can deceive ourselves, eh? Do you believe that you can deceive yourself? I believe you can deceive yourself. I think you should believe it too. Do not be deceived, it says. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one sows to his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. That's a big change. Corruption, eternal life. I want to reap in the right field today, right? Therefore, I need to sow in the right field today, right? So I thought we might just do this. Let's throw the fruits of the Spirit back up. I want you to just do some mental work, right? Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Do I see fruit? Is there evidence? And be honest with yourself. Integrity matters. Am I loving? Am I full of joy? Oh, that brings me to the point. You just look at your outline, and uh, as you're filling it out, you can just write a J by point one. You can write a O by point two. Jesus, others, me, right? You, as in I, as in (laughs) you matter. As in your integrity matters a bunch. Joy, it's a fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) How's my peace? How's my patience? Ask your kids. They might have something to say to you. (laughs) Ask your neighbor. Ask your coworker. Ask the people that are your employees, right? Ask uh, your boss. How am I doing in these things? How's my unity? How's my generosity? How's my honesty? And then let's take this opportunity not to deceive ourselves, but to be honest and to repent. So Brent's going to play a song. This is how we're going to close our service. You personally doing an inventory with God. And when you're ready... When you've repented of that thing you need to repent on to get back on track with the fruit of the Spirit, then come, take communion, all right? There'll be two stations down here. There'll be two stations up there. That one will be gluten-free, okay? So if you're gluten-free, you're going to that door there. Everybody got it? Let's do some business with the Lord. Father, I pray that we wouldn't leave here without doing business with you, without taking a look at our life. We're not who we want to be, God. But by your grace, break through. Break through my hard heart. 
Break through the thing that I need to change. Break through it, God. I'm begging you to break through it. And not just for me, God. I'm begging you for everyone else. Break through it. Help them to be honest. Let integrity matter in this moment. Let Jesus be worth most. We pray.